Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. All right, we in here. What's up, besties? What's going on? This is Jill. Hey, it's Danny J. So I wanted to talk today about um, being wrong and kind of changing our perception of being wrong and making mistakes. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up was I was thinking about this in my life, how it's such a disservice. I, even like our school system is kind of set up in a way, and I think we're taught from a young age that it's wrong to make mistakes. And I think from the time I was young, and I was always a really, really good student. Um, I got straight A's. School was really easy for me. And I hate to say that, like I talked to my boyfriend about this and he's like, oh, you were one of those people I hated. And I was like, it just, um, it, it was what it was. Just school was easy for me. And also, and I will asterisk this, and also my mom had very high expectations for me and like perfection was expected and I was expected to get good grades. And so I remember if I didn't get straight A's, she'd be like, what's wrong? Like, let's go talk to your teacher. If I got, there was once I think in first grade, I got a B and we went back to my teacher and we changed it. Like she let me do extra work. So I was not allowed to really make mistakes or have wrong answers. Like if I didn't get hundred percent, she's like, why did you miss that question? Why did you miss the one thing or the two things? So I had it in my brain for a very, very long time. It was not okay to make mistakes. It was not okay to be wrong. And I even find myself today, I, I have a client and we'll do work together. And sometimes like I will, for me, I'm all about getting things done efficiently and quickly. And when those things happen, sometimes mistakes are made, yep. like a typo or something like that. And I've gotten so loose on this stuff now. It's interesting to see how far I've come. But now we have some quality checks in place and somebody might point out the typo that I made. And I find myself sometimes getting like triggered of wanting to defend myself. Like I didn't make a mistake, but also going, well, I did make a mistake and I'm glad they pointed it out. And then also part of myself being like, who cares? It's a fucking typo. <laughs> So I just wanted to talk about how we really do need to change our relationship with being wrong and making mistakes, because I think we're humans, we're going to be wrong, we're going to make mistakes. And the more we can be okay with that, and the more mistakes we can make, I think the better we can be as people and the farther we can go. I was gonna say, I think it's a productivity tool. Yeah. Imperfection. Mm -hmm. I know it's so, and it's so weird to think about it like that. And I'm with you. I was the exact same. I don't, my parents weren't as like on me with grades. I was always very like, always got good grades, but if I got a B, it was like fine. Like it wasn't, you know, I got like a C one time and it was like, that was a big deal. So I think, but I definitely always defaulted to I'm doing it wrong. I made a mistake. Yeah. Doing something wrong is not okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it really does instill a perfectionist mindset in you from a young age. So if you grew up and you had kind of like control tendencies or you had sort of like OCD tendencies, you had sort of um, perfectionistic tendencies. And it's funny because I actually didn't know I was a perfectionist until I read a book about it. And I was like, oh, this is fucking me. It was a <laughs> book. It was a positive psychology book. And I think it was called... I think it's literally called Being Happy as the name of the book by Tal Ben-Shahar, who's like one of the founders of the positive psychology movement. And I read that book and I was like, oh, uh, yep, check, check, check. <laughs> it's basically saying that people who are perfectionists tend to see things very black and white. Right. It's either right or wrong. It's good, it's bad. And I think that people who operate this way are able to get far to a certain degree. You know, this is someone who you knew who got straight A's. This is someone who maybe was always the best at whatever they did, like whatever sport they played or whatever. Like you were an elite gymnast. Like 
And I find that these types tend to gravitate towards more uh, individual sports. Mm. And that was always me too. I never liked having to rely on somebody else because they would never do it as good. Like I never loved team sports because I wanted to be in control of the outcome so much. And I think that's why you and I got into fitness competitions. You know, now I look at fitness competitions. I'm like, it's a cool experience for people who want to do it. For me, it was about having quote unquote, the perfect body, right? Like that was the thing for me. It's like, let me see if I can do this. Let me see if I can get enough affirmation that I'm good enough. And so I think a lot of my perfectionist tendencies came from um, needing affirmation that I was good enough. And I do believe, and I've said this on other episodes where I feel like most humans in some way, shape or form feel not good enough. I think that's just the human condition, right? And so I think that if you are someone who's, because typically these people are very driven, very ambitious, um, you know, very meticulous and things like that. But the problem with those things is that they're really fragile. So if one little thing goes wrong, it like completely ruins your day, your week. You take it so personally that then you end up uh, like um, sort of hamstringing yourself. So I do think that people who have that, that very controlling, very type A personality, perfectionistic, get pretty far to a certain degree in a certain, within certain contexts, right? Entrepreneurship, hell no. Mm -hmm. But like, yes, you want to be in a corporate job. You want to climb the ladder at a job. Yes. You have a set of, you get a job description. And if you just do everything that's on the job description, then yes, you can get these systematic bonuses and these systematic raises and work your way up within a very confined place, right? Entrepreneurship changes you. Yeah. You go, fuck, I really, like a lot of shit goes wrong a lot of the time. So you have to learn to not take those things personally. And I think you're much more okay, quote unquote, okay with mistakes. And I actually saw this is, if you guys don't know, Gary V, I don't mind to mention this on another episode, but um, Gary V put up a, a video like maybe two weeks ago and he, someone asked him, how are you so productive? And he said, here's the difference between me and you. He goes, I wake up and he goes, and I have 20 balls in the air. I have so much I'm doing. I have so much on my plate. I have 20 balls in the air. He goes, I'm fine if eight of them drop. I'm fine with it. He goes, I am not a perfectionist. He goes, I just do what I can and I'm okay with shit falling by the wayside. And a perfectionist, one of the keys for perfectionism is they literally won't do anything if they can't do it perfectly, mm -hmm. if there's no guarantee that it's going to be successful. So imagine waking up, putting a shitload of stuff on your plate, and then having the anxiety of like, I might not do all of this perfectly. So you end up not doing anything. Yeah. And so I think in order, that's why I was saying like imperfection really is a productivity system. It is. It's the thing that does get you to the next level is you have to be okay with imperfection. Oh, there's so much to be said here. One of the big problems I find with perfectionist mindset too, is it completely stifles creativity. So there was, I was in uh, the gifted and talented program, like the gate program when I was young, it was like a first grade assignment. And I will never forget this there. They, it was like a creative writing assignment. And they asked us, um, what do we think like God is? And I was so afraid because I didn't know the right answer. I started bawling. I did not do this assignment. Like it was one of the times where I literally had almost like a panic attack at school, crying so hard. I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, just guess. And I think like looking back from an adult, they probably just wanted some cute little creative Everything. writing. Like God is this. And like everyone was going to have different answers. But because I didn't know, I thought I'm going to get this wrong. I can't handle it. And I don't know what the answer is. And they're just like, just think of something. Just make something up. And I was so stifled by not having a correct answer that I couldn't do it. And to me, that's paralyzing. And it's also just terrible. And um, I was in a staff meeting about three weeks ago. And we had this guy who brought this to our attention talking about 
organizations that allow for mistakes actually get more done. And I think he, I think it was Apple. I'm not really sure, but he said, so let's just say it's Apple. I don't know for sure if this is, but he said at Apple that they would have these team meetings and they would have everyone come together and just throw ideas out and nothing was off the table. Things could be wrong. They could be stupid. They could be silly, but they let people try a lot of different things. And because of that, they, they made a lot more innovation mm-hmm. because they allowed for people to try things and be creative yep. versus organizations that would punish people for making a mistake. Wow. So then they were afraid to take risks and they didn't go as far. So even organizationally and in businesses, if we're afraid to take risks or get something wrong, we can often just stop our success and stop our creativity and even stop the flow of any kind of business because we're afraid of doing something wrong. And so in these organizations that allowed people to make mistakes and learn from them and grow from them, those were the organizations that grew faster, had better productivity in their organizations, also had higher retention of people and people who were happier being there. And I thought that was very interesting because you know, when you, let's just say you're a boss and maybe you're bringing people on, if you're punishing people who are working with you for making mistakes, instead of helping them learn and letting it be okay, you might also be shooting yourself in the foot and not allowing your organization or business to grow and flourish because there's too much fear. And so it can be a really tricky thing to let go of, especially if you have been a perfectionist and kind of a control freak in the past, but allowing yourself to make mistakes and just be okay is such a big freedom. Like we talked about the food freedom recently, but this too, allowing yourself to make mistakes and be wrong and just like shrug your shoulders, go cool. Okay. I could do that different is freeing. So free. It is. And I love that you brought up about like the corporate culture because you know, one of the things that, um, as you guys know, we talked about before, I brought on a lot of team members in the last year at Jill fit. And, um, I remember there, I have a lot of people I work with who are solopreneurs and they're like, I ne- I know I need help, but I'm so scared to bring on somebody to help me because I know they're not going to do it as good as I would do it. I know they're not going to care as much about my business as I do. I'm worried they're going to make a mistake, whatever. And you know, for a long time I operated that way too, where I was like, and here's the deal that, I mean, the reality is no one's going to be as good as you. They're just not going to be. But if you do, if the goal is growth, which of course we have grown so much in the last year as a result of me bringing on team, right? So it's, it's counterintuitive, but you get to the point where you're ready to be like, cool, if we really want to grow this thing, we want to have better production, we want to, or better productivity, we do want to have more success, we want to reach more people, have a bigger impact, I can't fucking do it myself. So yes, there's certainly been things that have fallen through the cracks and things that like maybe I wouldn't have missed, but someone else on my team missed. And I'm very aware now as a manager, it's a completely new skill set for me is like trying to figure out how can I point out the thing that like we don't want to do again right because it's like an obvious like it's a it's a misstep like people like we're missing out on money or whatever like people are uh, customer services whatever how do you point that out and then also not make them scared to make another mistake right because at the end of the day and I think what I sort of came to and I think this is what all perfectionists need to like eventually get to is the shit is not that fucking fragile it's just not the business isn't that fragile. Like your life isn't that fragile. If there's one thing we know at the best life is that your life is not that fucking fragile, that you aren't that fragile, that you can weather something that doesn't go perfectly right. And other people in your life will be very understanding about it. Yeah. And we're all human. And I think if we can continue to have that conversation around like, hey, not expecting perfection from anybody. And you know, it's interesting. I think you and I mentioned this, I think on another episode recently was I think when you are perfectionist, you judge yourself also, right? That's a big thing. When I stopped judging myself, I started being more okay with things not going exactly to plan, exactly to my plan. Because I mean, look, we're in, we're, 
we're relational people. Not everything is going to be perfect for you and who you're with all the time. So a lot of us have a way that we see things going in an ideal way, but that you're dealing with other fucking people, right? What they want, their wants, their needs, and relationships are the best places to practice this, I feel like, is because like you might have in your in your mind what you want to happen, but you're living with a whole other fucking person who has a whole other set of, you know, priorities. And so I think, and I mean, if you're listening to this and you're a mom, you're probably like, yeah, you have to get a perfectionism <laughs> like really fucking fast because shit does not go to plan all the time. But I do think it is things like that to watch your self-judgment that will give you an insight into like, how hard am I being on myself and that self-judgment. And typically if you judge yourself harshly, you're going to judge other people harshly as well. But if you can create a cult, like a, a growth sort of environment versus a, what's the word, like a a judge and jury sort yeah. of a environment where like it's one thing and it just doesn't go wrong and it's all bad. Uh, I think you're gonna get a lot further. Well, I like that you mentioned growth because what you said about your team and growing your team, the only way you can really grow is to bring in other people. And I, like double our, double our revenues last year. Yeah. Like how you said when you were, a lot of people are drawn to like I individual sports, uh, individual sports. That was, I hated team projects. I hated doing anything where we had to get a group grade because I'm like, I'm not depending on these people to get this right. So I tended to, if we had a group project, take on all of it. Cause I wanted to make sure that shit got done. And when you're in business and you're trying to grow, you can't do that. It is a group project and you're going to have to let people kind of make their own choices and live with the consequences. And sometimes the consequences fall on you. And as a leader, you take responsibility, but also you learn from that and they learn from that. And like, you can let someone go or you can realize it's not a good fit, or you can say that was a mistake. Anyone could have done that. I could have done that too. And the truth is, and you know, Jill and I know this because we've done it for so long, especially in internet business, shit breaks. Like you send out an email and you forgot to add the link or it's the wrong link and it's not working. And you pass that off to someone and they do it. And you freak out because you're like, dang it, if I did it, uh, that wouldn't have happened. But you have to remember back when you did do that a couple times and it has happened. <laughs> you're like, okay, I did that too. Don't worry about it. Like we can send a new email. I mean, I remember doing so many things like this, totally. like sending an email with a broken link and, and messing up. And I think that if I had stopped doing everything I was doing because of those mistakes, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have learned. I wouldn't or you wouldn't have even anywhere. started, right? Because yeah. you would have been like, well, what if I mess up yeah. this thing? And I think we see this so much, especially with our clients that are new to like the internet space is they're so worried about every little thing needing to go right that they don't do anything, right? Because it's so much easier to, it's safer to just sit in an action because yeah. you're not putting yourself out there. You know, and I think it was Brene Brown, like, look, here's the deal is like, if you guys want to have, a, if you do want to grow your platform, grow your audience online, you're going to have to fucking stick your neck out. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a Brene Brown quote that she says like, hey, just like, if you're putting yourself in the arena, it's a chance you're going to be fighting. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you are because like you're putting yourself out there. It is the easiest thing to be like safe, to stay back. Like I see this all the time with trolls and haters online. Someone will say some shit. I'll go to their profile. It's not even a picture of them. It's a private account. Like following a thousand people, two followers, you know, it's like a fucking, like this person does not understand what you're doing. They don't, they don't have a clue to what it takes to be as courageous and as vulnerable as you're making yourself every fucking day in your business. And that is really scary to a lot of people, but you, because you can't be a perfectionist, you can be really good and I want you to be really good. But at the end of the day, like, you know, shit's going to go wrong. Like Danny said, I mean, you don't have control over tech. You don't have control over your audience. Like you don't, you want them to buy. They're not buying. Like shit's going to go sideways and your ability to be resilient in those moments is really is what's going to take you the furthest. 
Hey besties, this episode is brought to you by Maddle, the amazing inflatable stand-up paddle boards. Y'all, I'm so pumped. I got my board yesterday. Um, the fir- First off, the shipping was so ridiculously fast, which I don't know how they did this because they're based in Canada and I don't know how they got it to the US so quickly. Maybe they have shipping sites out here. I have no idea. But that point being said, y'all, Canadians, you get to get hooked up. Folks here, you get to get hooked up. I know so many times our Canadians get the shaft because there's no shipping there. So we're all North America. We're hooked up. You got it. Um, The hardest part about this whole experience, honestly, because the shipping was so quickly, was deciding which board I want. They have 30 designs to match your lifestyle. In fact, every design, I feel like I just want one for... I don't know, to match every outfit I have. I had picked out the one I wanted and then 30 minutes later changed my mind and then changed my mind a million times. So by the time my board got here, I couldn't even remember which one I got. And I ended up getting the Thrill Seeker 5. It's this beautiful, great yellow board, which kind of background, I decided what board was my dog going to look best on in photos. Yes. That's how I chose. Um, But I can't wait to blow it up and get it out on the water. It comes with this really cute backpack to carry it in, which is so convenient because if you've seen battle boards, they're not small. So to be able to uh, take the air out, roll it up and put it in the bag, cannot wait to use it that way. So if y'all go to maddleboards.com and use the best life at checkout, they've hooked us up with a $50 off code. And y'all, these are so affordable anyway. I did a ton of research before reaching out to this company and these are super affordable, probably the cutest ones you're ever going to see. $50 off. I know right now there's a coupon on the site that gives you $50 off, but please use ours. We don't get any money for it, but I want them to know that our community is so... um, inspired and supports us that you guys are just the coolest. So use the best life to get 50 bucks off at metalboards.com. When you started to shift from not judging yourself so much and letting yourself make more mistakes, do you I know the moment when I was going to ask yeah. you, was there a moment or was it just progress over time? So um, I feel like I had a moment. Too. Yeah, I want to hear your moment. I, I think mine was over the course of a couple of months. It was actually when I was um, when I decided to be done dieting. Uh, it was in 2011, and I had just finished up a bunch of photo shoots and shows. I was dieting straight for like nine months, and I remember the diets like wasn't even working anymore. Like I wasn't even losing weight. I was just not really like looking great, and I literally was just in the worst headspace. And I remember just being like you can't stay on this diet as much as you want to. And as much as you have the intention to, and as much as, and there's a lot of shame. You're a fitness professional. I'm, I am giving my clients that same meal plan I'm on. And like, I can't even fucking stay on it. There's a lot of shame around that. And that was the moment that I was like, I, I want to do it, but I just can't. And I had to have a real moment with myself to just I don't want to say forgive myself, but just show myself immense compassion because as much as I wanted to fit the round peg into the square hole, I just fucking couldn't. And I had to, I had to like sort of pull myself, like separate myself and say, this is not because you're not worthy as a person and you're not good at things and you're not, it's not that it's what you're trying to do is unsustainable. What you're trying to do just isn't working for you. And it doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're undisciplined. It doesn't mean you're bad or wrong or anything like that. It's just like, you can't do it. And that was a a really humbling moment, but that was the moment that I was like, yeah, I'm done with it. Mm. I feel like now that you mentioned that I've had multiple moments that kind of were in different areas of my life. So Mm -hmm. 
where it was perfection. I could be perfectionistic in school and then that broke and then, but I still wasn't my food and my health and body. And then that broke and then business. So I, I had different moments in each, but I know one of the very first ones, and this is weird and gross, but I was in sixth grade and there was this girl, I, I was very OCD. So I had these troll dolls. Do you remember the troll dolls? Oh yeah. Yeah. So this troll collection on my desk in my bedroom and they were lined up very very specifically. I had a big one in the middle, then the medium ones next to it, then the small ones, and they were angled this very certain way. And I'd have friends come over and they'd pick up my dolls and they put them down and it wasn't in the exact spot. And I'd like move it back to the exact fucking spot that it was. And I had a pencil just right in the little pencil groove in my desk. I had things just so. Like they were very, very just so and very, very particular. And I don't know where I got this from, this like little, this OCD behavior with my room and my stuff. But I had this girlfriend who was very just... She was kind of sloppy, kind of messy. She came over for a sleepover and we had pizza. And this was a house we were renting and our carpet was brown. And we were in my bedroom eating the pizza, which I don't think my mom would even let us eat pizza in my room. So it was already kind of a bad thing. And she f- spilled the pizza or she dropped it like cheese side down and it got a uh, sauce on the carpet. And I was like going to get up and start cleaning and freaking out. And she just took her hand and she rubbed the sauce <laughs> into the carpet <laughs> And then she just like, just kind of made this like, huh, I'm leaving it there. And I kind of freaked out, but I think because I, I wanted her to not think I was weird and I wanted her to accept me and be my friend that I just let it go. And I remember being so uncomfortable, just not being able to think about the pizza sauce, (laughs) but I let it go. And it was like this thing got unlocked in me where like these small things, I could just suddenly not, I could just let some small things go. And it was just this girl, her name was Michelle. She would do these little things. And I think just being around her, I would try not to be weird about it. Cause I think she maybe would call me out on it or mm-hmm. something, but it was like, it was some little things like that, like so gross and stupid, but just rubbing pizza sauce into the carpet and leaving it alone <laughs> was a thing that really unlocked some piece of like, all right, you don't have to fucking worry about every little thing. And there was also moments later with food, like the diet thing, when I stopped measuring and weighing everything, that was another time. Yep. But I think Getting into entrepreneurship was a big, big one. And just kind of sending my first emails and fucking up, like sending an email and doing a big sale and excited about a launch and then like realizing the link was broken and just freaking out about Mm -hmm. it and just going, okay, I'll send another one and fixing it. Well, that's the best thing about, that's the thing about entrepreneurship, right? It's like you always, there's always somewhere to go too. You know what I mean? And I guess that, that also reminds me about like when when you say that someone that you're right or wrong or you're good or bad, like who's making that rule? Mm-hmm. Who's making that distinction? You know what I mean? I think for all of us, it's who we grew up with yeah. and how they sort of made us feel because they had their own neuroses maybe. And they were just, that's how they operated. So they just just like, just sort of wanted you to, to do the same thing. So I think it, it comes down to like who you were sort of raised by. And I remember, um, I wasn't raised in like a super strict family, but I, my stepdad especially has more like controlling tendencies. Um, I love him, but he's, you know, definitely has a way that he wants everything to be done. And so growing up in that, I remember everything from like not wanting to get crumbs on the couch to, I remember this one time I spilled a drink and kids spill drinks. Like they just do. Right. And I remember this one time I spilled a drink and he was so upset about, it was like on the, on the, the rug or whatever. And he was so upset. And I remember just being like, Jill, you're so stupid. Like, why did you need to drop that? (laughs) It's like, people fucking drop shit, you know? And I didn't realize until I was out of that environment that like, I remember I did like a couple little things like that, like what you described when I was um, dating Jade at first, like my ex-husband. And he was just like, Jill, it's fine. 
And he was like, what are you so like nervous about? Or like, what's such a big deal? It's fucking fine. People drop shit. And I was like, oh, they do. (laughs) And it just, it gives you permission. I think, so to your point, I think you need to see someone else Mm -hmm. surviving and being fine, (laughs) messing up. And also ask like, who did you get your sense of right and wrong from? Who'd you get your sense of perfection from? Or who'd you get your sense of like good and bad from? You know, is it the church? Mm-hmm. Is it your parents? Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe start questioning that and be like, I don't know, look at their life and be like, are they thriving? I don't know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like I'm looking at Gary Vee and I'm like, yeah, that motherfucker's fucking killing it. Yep. If he is okay with like per- imperfection and like shit dropping and whatever, and he's able to get to the level of success he has been and beyond, I'm like, yeah, should be fine. Yeah. You know, I think that there's so much freedom in being able to make mistakes and it's interesting in social media and, you know, we talk about being real and I think allowing people to see you mess up makes people feel like they trust you more and connect to you more. Showing perfection all the time makes you feel, or I I feel like it creates a distance between you and an audience, makes people feel like you're unapproachable, that you're unattainable. And I also get this idea, like I know Rachel, um, oh my God, what's her last name? She basically was in hot water for saying like, I want my lifestyle to be unattainable. Uh, Oh yeah. Rachel Hollis. Yep. Um, So I understand there's like, sometimes there's, these influencers out there who are trying to make themselves like up on this pedestal to have this really unattainable life. But I like the more relatable type of people who are like, maybe your lifestyle is, um, like I want to reach for it, but it's not unattainable because I don't see the perfection. Like I can see someone's still making mistakes and yet they're still crushing it. Yeah. Someone can make mistakes and yet they still are having a really amazing life. I think that is so much more realistic and it also builds more trust in watching people look, you know, who do it's that. Perfect. It could be real. It just feels, it's called the pratfall effect. It's mm-hmm. actually like in psychology research, basically they say that people, so like the key here is also you have to be good yeah. at what you do, right? You have to be good and you have to be an authority or an expert or whatever. You have to be good at what you do. Like we look at Gary, but if I was seeing someone constantly messing up but doing that success of Gary I'd be like see I knew it (laughs) like I knew like that messing up is wrong but then you see these people who are really successful who do have flaws and you go oh I guess I can still and so I agree with you I think online it is the people who and I think they're probably the most um self-confident you know it takes a level of self-confidence to share your blunders and to share your the stains and all that kind of like stuff you know it 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 takes balls to do that. And so I think, you know, if you see people doing that, but they also have an expertise and they're also successful and they also have like some, um, you know, level of authority that you go, Oh, okay. And I think that's way more, not only relatable, but inspiring too. I also think the more confidence you have, the less you even, um, like judge it, judge the mistakes. You just kind of like go to the next thing. You know, I've seen people or like, LOL it, you know, or you're just like, or like, it's almost like endearing or it's like a little self deprecating or like, it's kind of fun or funny or like, like you see performers on stage, let's say their wig falls off and they just keep going. Like it's called like going on with, you know, what's going on with the show. And, but someone else could have that come off and then they like run backstage and and crying. Like it's ruined. And it's like, you don't even notice if if the mistake happens and the person keeps going, you don't even notice that it was that big of a deal. And I think the more confident you are, the more you play it like that. You make a mistake and you're just, you keep going and you keep rolling with it. You're on with the show and nobody even notices what a big deal it was. But it's which comes first, the chicken or the egg, mm-hmm. right? I would say that you, in order to grow your confidence, you yeah. have to be okay with imperfection. And then the more confident you become, the more okay you become with imperfection. Yeah. And it's like this feed forward cycle, yeah. you know? So, it, but so at some point, I mean, 
of course we've heard all the quotes that it's like fail fast fail often Mm -hmm. you know like if you want more success have more failures you know it's it's a nice sound bite it's I think a lot harder in practice to be like yes I'm just failing my failing forward and failing to (laughs) success and like you're like wait but at some point I need some fucking wins here you're like waking up waking up every day feeling like a failure is not a way to (laughs) it's not encouraging (laughs) (laughs) you're like am I just bad at this like I should just tap out yeah and sometimes you do like sometimes you try something you're like yeah this just ain't for me you know so there's a difference between like yes I'm going to push through because I can start to see some like light at the end of the tunnel versus I'm going to push through and I really shouldn't be pushing through. <laughs> like Shantae is always like that. She's like, some people should just quit online business. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to think that anyone could do it if you just like worked hard enough yeah. and like invested and like, you know, learned about it. But now I'm just like, no, it's just, it takes a certain personality. Some people should not do entrepreneurship. They're just not going to be good at it. Yeah. You don't need to be a martyr. If you just are waking up every day feeling like you're... <laughs> at some point, the shit needs to be fun. something wrong. Yeah. At some point, you got to some wins. Like you got to be like, all right, maybe I didn't make a million dollars, but at least like, I don't know, I got a bunch of likes on my post or like there needs to be like some bright spots along the way. Otherwise, yeah, maybe you should just tap out. The opposite of being okay with being wrong is you're wrong all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And then you probably need to be right about something. Right. You need to get something right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I I feel like people listening to this, if y'all are listening, I feel like you probably relate to, to Jill and I just because we attract who we are. And so I'm sure there's a lot of people here that are like, yes, I was like you, I did good in school or I didn't like to make mistakes or like my sport was gymnastics. Gymnastics, you are scored based on a perfect 10. So you are not supposed to make any mistakes. So it is, there are just so many things that I had to unlearn and unravel and be okay with just messing up. And I think it takes some time. And so if there's any ways that we can help you kind of be okay with that, like, I think it just, it builds a lot more creativity. It allows you to, I don't know, think outside the box even. And just realize like stuff, like things aren't that high stakes. You know, I see a lot of people not posting on social media, even though they know they're trying to start their online business. And I'm like, it's a non-starter. If you Mm -hmm. can't post on social, like, unless you have a million dollars to invest in paid traffic, like it's a non-starter. Like, so that's always the first step is like, okay, like to create an audience of people who trust you. So like you have to post. And if you can't even press publish on a post, you know, it's like, it's not that high stakes, especially in the beginning. No one's fucking looking or watching or gives a shit yet. So like, that's when you mess up. That's when you should mess up the most. If you go back to Danny and I's like early YouTube videos and stuff like that, they're terrible. Luckily, there's only like three views on those shits. (laughs) So you do have to really, cause that's the thing is you don't get to be, you, I always say that like the more imperfect action you take, the closer you actually can approach to perfection, like real perfection. But that's really, I guess, more, more so mastery than perfection, I would say. But you got to start somewhere, you know? And so my whole thing is if you're just getting started, post now, rip the bandit off, give yourself, you know, permission, be like, all right, I'm doing, uh, you know, it's funny. I had a couple of clients that did Brock Johnson's 30 day reels challenge. Mm -hmm. So if you guys don't know, Brock Johnson is Shalene Johnson's son. And he's like this Instagram expert and he's really on reels a lot. And, um, a lot of my clients, he does like a 30-day Reels challenge. We post one every single day. And my client said that they got, so not only did they get better at Reels, right, obviously, but they just, they'd be like, be like 10 o'clock at night and like, fuck, I haven't posted a Reel. And they just get anything up. And so it forced them to just take more and more imperfect action because they're like, fuck, I just need to get it up. Mm-hmm. So remember that it's not that high stakes. Yeah. Like you're going to post again tomorrow. People are going to forget that shit. It's going to go down in the feed, yep. right? Like there's nothing that you can't come back from. Yep. And I think it's easy to say that. I think you need to have the experience to be like, oh, okay, I didn't die. And yep. it was fine. Yep. Having the experience is, is what it's all about. It is. So. It's so good. Anyway, love it. Uh, just we're, We just want you to know it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to make mistakes. 
and uh we're gonna make some more even this week <laughs> we, make, we always make all <laughs> kinds of mistakes on this all the podcast. Damn time well we love y'all please hit subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet and leave us a review with a little bit of note for someone else who maybe hasn't heard this podcast before or we'd love it if you share it with a friend or two uh an episode that you really loved and enjoyed or you think that they would and we will see you on your next on the next episode on your next episode, <laughs> your next episode. or ours who knows <laughs> all right love you guys bye, bye.